Hello, my freaking lovers on the internet. Happy freaking new year. Oh my goodness, it's 2024. I'm so excited that you are here, that you've been on this journey for what feels like a lifetime, but is literally a sliver of time and it's only just the beginning. So welcome back. Hope you had a good holiday, some time off, reflection, all the things. And if you're new here, bless your freaking cotton socks. I'm so excited that you're here. We're starting off with a banger talking about sexual liberation and stepping into your power and claiming sovereignty over your body and all the juicy things that make a very magnetic woman, which is why I wanted to start about talking about sex with the Nikki Fielding. And I'm very, very, very excited about this. So make sure you go check her out. I'm going to put all of her information in the show notes. And if you're new here, this is a podcast where I talk all about the pre-housewife movement. So pre-housewife movement is moving from me focused to we focused and how you can be the best teammate on this planet, whether you're in a marriage or you're dating or you're just bouncing around in your single season, how you can really start to take all, you know, what survival brain does and puts it on herself and start to actually heal the trauma so you can actually start to look outside of yourself. And then on top of that, how to build up your success without giving that up. Because a lot of us think we have to choose between being a housewife and calling in love and doing these kind of feminine things or having global impact. And actually, if you actually learn automation and systems and organic marketing and things like that, you don't have to give it up. You actually have lots of space in your calendar. You just need to stop relying on fate and do some hard work for a little bit. And then you have all the freedom in the world. So there's two elements of our brand and they come together with this beautiful piece around men and marketing. And that's what we do here on this podcast to show you a hundred ways to heal trauma and also step into your most magnetic self. Because when you're magnetic in men, you're magnetic in marketing. And when you're magnetic in marketing, you're magnetic in men. And you get to be the best teammate on the planet, best human on this planet. And it's all this multifaceted, beautiful mix this tabule on the whatever the fuck I don't know I'm making tabule for dinner so it's on my mind anyways this episode we are talking all around sex and sexual liberation and how to step in your most magnetic self and you know heal yourself after trauma and this is something I went through I was raped in college and I really lost sense of sovereignty and liberation and understanding of my body. Like I really disassociated from it because I was so afraid of it. And so I love this conversation with Nikki. It is very, very powerful. And I do want to give an emphasis. We do talk about rape. We do talk about, you know, some traumatic things that can happen, but it's also, it's empowering. So if you're in this space, listen up. This is for you, baby. And if you're ready to turn it up a notch right now, we have applications open for the pre-housewife era method, our mastermind, where I'm teaching you the pre-housewife era method. So we go through the principles of the me to we, uh, the yeah, the me to we movement of how to become the best teammate. Really do the neurological reprogramming. That's what makes my brand so different. Is it's actually reprogramming your brain. I'm not just teaching you things. I'm actually teaching you and rewiring your brain to a new form of safety. And so that's what we're doing in one arena when it comes to men. And then we're doing that with marketing as well. So how to actually create an iconic brand and step into this really, really iconic season that one of the women that is in the mastermind said, I just want to be the wealthy housewife. And it's, it is true. You get to have both. And so I'm walking you through how to bust through those limits because a lot of you should be doing more and you know it. And the most, the reason why we aren't doing more is because we think we have to trade time for money. And so I'm teaching you how to do organic marketing. So it sells itself. I'm teaching you about funnels. I'm teaching you about sales. I'm teaching you about strategies. I'm teaching you about automation. Also, your business can run itself. And then you can be that teammate. You can be that housewife. You can have that space and bust through these walks of life that often block us because it's like, oh, I want to do these things, but I also want like the feminine urge to produce <laughs> and all the kind of things. So showing you how to do that over six months. This is by application only. And because it is so, it's a high-end experience. And because eyes are on you and I'm going through your, your branding, your marketing, your things like that, your strategy, like I am all eyes on your brand and your relationship and your marriage and all your dating life, like whatever stage you're at, it's all eyes on you inside of a group container. It is a very, very elite select group of humans that I am allowing into this container because I'm giving it all of my energy. So it is by application only. You will see that in the show notes. And if you have any questions or anything like that, you can reach out to me 
over on my Instagram. It's Laura Patricia Martin, ITS Laura Patricia Martin. If you're interested in VIP experiences, one-on-one experiences, alchemy of love, the love club, or you just want to chat a bit more about the mastermind, all up to you. Just come flirt with me. And then I have all of Nikki's information in the show notes. So without further ado, I love you and I will see you inside this episode. You are listening to the Healing to Happy podcast, a podcast where we have hard conversations that slay shame. It's about leaning into the vulnerability and reclaiming your bravery. I am Laura Patricia Martin, a trauma specialist who created this podcast to help women like you collapse the walls built up around their hearts due to the shame and trauma and life experiences, to have conversations we may be struggling to have with those around us so that we can break down the walls that are holding us back from living this bold, juicy, brave life. Here, myself, my guests, and my friends share their journeys of rebirth to help us get out of our own way, build authentic relationships and heart-centered businesses and dance proudly into our fullest expression. I believe that when we bring light to a shadow, find richness within the in-between period with women who understand us, co-regulation occurs, safety is imprinted, and we begin to set the tone for limitless potentiality. I am so honored to be here with you. So let's begin. Okay. It is so true. It is one of those things where it's like, it can be a lot at first, but I know at least with my audience, it's, I think back to my beginning stages where now, like, I love this shit so much and like, come at me with all the womb stuff. But at the same time, I wanted to be sexually liberated, but I was so turned off from my sex life. I was like, I'm asexual. I don't even know how to do these things. I don't know how to connect to my body. I've been so afraid of it for so long. And so I'm really excited that you're here. (laughs) Yeah, I'm excited to just kind of see where this flows. And I think like using my own journey can help as well, like explain like how I healed from sexual trauma, like why I I knew about it, but I hadn't felt called to it. But I had like this massive toolkit, like I'd been somewhat in the healing space for a really long time on this journey. And I knew about womb healing, I tried a yoni steam, but like it wasn't until I was like, none of my normal mindset, emotional work, trauma movement, plant medicine, none of this it's really getting to the root of it. And that's where womb healing came in. And then it's like, just take off because you've already done all that other work. I already had the nutrition, the mindset, like the mindfulness, meditation, all of that going, but we clear our energy and like really reclaim that power. And then like, it's super juicy and fun. <laughs> oh my God. I'm so excited for this conversation already. Cause like, yes, I'm like all lit up. Exactly. And before we jump in, I always ask this question and then we jump in and we get into the intro and all the juicy things of this whole conversation. But I love my audience to get to know the human behind the brand and the coach and the mentors and the specialists that I bring on here. And so the podcast is called Healing to Happy. And so I always like to start out by asking my uh, the person that I'm speaking with, Nikki, what are you currently healing your way to happy on? Okay. You want me to answer now or share it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I'm currently healing my way to happy another layer deeper in my relationship. I moved in with my partner. We bought a home. We moved in. So it's a little bit of this transitional period and everybody's had a pretty nuts last few weeks. So I know I'm not alone in that. It's been some intense energies, but just the stress of like move, new environments, merging a household. We um, had an out of town guest for a week and a half and watched his parents' dog for a week and a half. It was a lot and really presented what felt like a lot of challenges, but ultimately were opportunities to expand and deepen in our merge, like that true harmony of the masculine and feminine, as well as strengthen our communication. Like, like yesterday we had to give ourselves a pat on the back where like we, we both grew the fuck up, owned our shit and decided to come together. And I mean that double meaning intended. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. And that's what happens, right? We, we come into conflict, we come into some type of rough patch, but really that ultimately, if you're with the right person, it brings you closer together. It brings this more depth and like a deeper intimacy, which usually leads to great sex. So it's one of those types of things. So if you could introduce yourself to my audience or reintroduce yourself to your listeners that are tuning in. 
Yes. Hello. I'm so happy to be here. My name is Nikki Fielding. I'm an energy healer, embodiment and integration coach and medicine woman. Um, I specialize in helping women who are looking to reclaim their magnetic essence and really fall deeply in love with the skin that you are in, in all the ways, whether that's your sensual expression for yourself, for a partner, or just really finding pleasure in the everyday bliss of life. You know, pleasure, bliss, and joy are our birthright. And and it's a choice. So I help people remember how to make that choice and clear their energy so that they're open to receive it. I am obsessed and it's, it is a birthright, but ooh, it's one, one, one where I'm at right now. Um, it's <laughs> one of those things I can think back to when I first started my whole journey where, and you were right when you were saying this in the beginning, where it's like, you have all these other things. And then all of a sudden you start to do the pleasure work and the embodiment work. And all of a sudden everything else takes off and you're like, whoa, okay. I just needed that all the time. But I can think back to the beginning of my journey where because of sexual assault, because of domestic violence, because of deep wounds from the masculine connecting to my body felt so fucking foreign. Like I had no idea I would try and meditate and my monkey mind would go a thousand different directions. And I was like, I think that's what they mean by embodiment work. And I had no idea, like, that's not even it because that's still in your mind. And then you're also getting out of your body. Like, that's not it. That's just trying to calm <laughs> your nervous system. And so uh, to, speaking to those humans, and I know my audience gets this, where it's like, they're on the journey. They're on the self-help journey. That's why they listen to this podcast. But when they're struggling to tap into pleasure and it feels like this daunting area arena where where can they start what what was your journey in that arena maybe that will help as well but when a client is struggling with something like that where do you start with them I'm going to answer the question, but we're going to take a little bit of a detour on it. So I like to go Love back it. to like where you might be and what the challenges are. So one, I work with a lot of sexual trauma survivors. I'm a survivor of sexual trauma, rape, childhood sexual abuse, physical violence, sexual violence. And so I was called to like find different modalities to heal this and then share it with others so that they can help heal it. But I like to be very clear on what sexual trauma is because a lot of people really only associate it with big T trauma, a rape, a sexual sexual assault. That is one form of it, an unfortunate childhood sexual abuse. So those are one form and unfortunately quite common, but thank God not everybody has experienced those things. However, you do not have to have experienced one of those things to be sexually traumatized. There's multiple forms of it. We've got the big T trauma. We also have um, micro traumas, which may look like things that happened in childhood that were boundary violations. You were taught you are not sovereign and not in control of your body. You don't get to make choices. Things like parents, friends kissing you on the lips when you're a young child and it just made you feel really icky, but you weren't allowed to say anything. Or again, people like patting you on the bottom and it might have been no harm intended, but just was a boundary violation. Those things are common and as children, and especially as women, we were taught to be silent. Well, you can't say something. You're not allowed to tell them not to touch. You know that's rude and that's your aunt so-and-so or this friend that loves you so much. So that is trauma. Trauma is our emotional response to the situation, not what happened. So if you develop these emotional responses, that's teaching us to disconnect from our body. To make it even more challenging with what we're dealing with, we are a product of our DNA, right? This is science. Like we inherit our genes from our ancestors. And I don't have to go into the history lesson, but if you look across cultures in the world at large, it's pretty fractured and broken in terms of the experiences of women living in the world. And I, chances are somebody in your lineage has experienced sexual trauma on a profound scale if you go back far enough. The final layer is the collective. Everybody on the healing path, like at least has heard that, like we are all one. If you haven't found the embodiment of that, like you know there to be a deep sense of truth between behind the interconnectedness of all of us, Mother Earth, humanity, everything. And so there's such a distorted collective <laughs> programming around sexuality that we may be feeling pain on behalf of others. A lot of my clients say like, I don't know, maybe I was molested as a child. I really don't think so, but like, I feel like it happened to me. I'm like, perhaps it was, and perhaps it's repressed memory, but it doesn't matter. You could be feeling it for the millions of people out there who have experienced it. And because of the depth of your connection and love for humanity, 
So with that said, kind of what sexual trauma means, and then I'm including all of those things and really truly believe like everybody has been sexually traumatized when you look at all of those definitions, finding the embodiment of pleasure can be challenging because each time we have trauma and those unprocessed emotions, it's teaching us to disconnect from what our body's telling us. It's teaching us our body is not a safe space. I need to escape. I need to dissociate. I need to get out of here because I can't handle the stimulus coming at me and I'm not allowed to use my voice to express it and change something or made to feel that way. Um, so just like we disconnect, if you look at depression, when people are numb, they're not feeling the joy. And each emotion, like the deeper you go into the darkness, the lighter you can feel. So the flip side, and I like to be very honest about this, of doing deep pleasure and embodiment work is it requires a lot of shadow work. It requires looking at our inner wounds and really bringing light to it. And yes, that can be a heavy and intense process, but it's so freeing because the darker you go and the deeper you go, the lighter you feel. And then you have the ability to actually feel into pleasure, joy, bliss that are readily available and know how that feels in your body, to bring it in, to breathe through it and to truly embody it. My last thing I'll say, and I know I've been on like a little bit of a windfall here, is um, just a simple tip to get started is get in the body, dance. Don't worry about getting out in the studio, play some favorite music. If you can dance in front of a mirror, I encourage you to dance naked, but if not, do it with no mirror, do it with your eyes closed. Actually let your body move in a way that feels organic without thinking about choreography, what it looks like, who's gonna think what, what does it feel like to just let your body move in a way that feels good to you? Mm. Thank you for the breakdown of the different types of, sexual trauma because it's so true and I didn't even think of it in that way and that is such a I can think back to it like even in my childhood where I was like oh like kissing me like I can remember people doing that and I was like please mm -hmm. like I don't want to and they're like you never kiss me on the lips I am your xyz and I'm like because because you're my xyz I don't want to right <laughs> I'm not into kissing my relatives I guess it's just natural as a child <laughs> yeah, I'm not really into that but yeah, I think that is, or like touching of the bottom and things like that. It doesn't have to be these big macro traumas that we kind of get trapped behind, but they are silence as well, because you're not allowed to use your voice in those ways of like, I feel actually very uncomfortable doing that. That's why I don't want to do it. Like also we don't have the vocabulary as a kid around things like that. So I think it's very important that you did touch on that. And also something that came fresh to me when you were talking was, do you believe, and I would love to noodle on this with you, where it's like, a lot of us that want pleasure, we want more pleasure in the bedroom. We want to feel better when we're eating. We want to slow down when we're eating. We want to feel sensual when we're getting dressed and we want to dance around and feel really good. Do you believe and do you see this with your clients that people are doing that because they're trying to outrun the shadow? Like somehow I can get enough pleasure in my life that I will somehow not have to face the demons of my past or the insecurities I feel when I'm being intimate with someone or these like wounds or these worthiness wounds of being elated and filled up with pleasure do you see that with clients where it's like this chase of pleasure and different types of dopamine and different types of things like that to outrun the shadows because there is you you're spot on it's a fuck ton of shadow work that has to be done to tap into your pleasure like that's that's actually the key to unlock it like unfortunately yeah. it's not just like hey how many orgasms can I have in a day it's like actually how deep can I get to know myself so that I can feel the pleasure not just the actual climax and so I'd love to noodle on that aspect where, you know, I can see that in my own life and stuff like that, where I thought if I would just have better sex, somehow my life would just be better, you know, but that was never the case. <laughs> yeah, I would say um, I really don't see it with my clients, but I'm very clear about what the work looks like when you work with me. So it's just, it's not, those people aren't going to come on board collectively. And I've spent time in like intentional spiritual community at plant medicine sanctuaries. And collectively, I do see that what I call spiritual bypassing. There's many different terms for it. So that's just one phrase of it. Ultimately by that, I mean, um, trying to chase the highs without doing the work. <laughs> so you're trying to get an outcome, but try to jump straight to that point versus actually like following step by step and doing the work involved to get to that outcome. So yes, it's a rampant issue collectively, especially in Western culture. Like as Americans, we're just conditioned. Like we want it fast. We want it quick. We want it now. It's convenience. Like think Amazon. Is there anybody who doesn't have Amazon Prime? And is there anybody, who, if you do, 
have you ever once had that moment where you've gone to buy something and you're like, this won't be here tomorrow? Like what, what actually is that? How is that happening? And that's not okay. <laughs> We're so conditioned to those immediate fixes. And sometimes we put that lens on the healing process and it just doesn't work that way. And there's a state of surrender that comes with accepting that and letting that be beautiful, letting it be a process, be a journey that we get to walk side by side with one another. Like I found you, you found me online in these groups and you get to find these people who are out there doing the work and it looks a little bit different for all of us, but we're in it together, this journey, walking this path and get to cheer one another on. So I don't see much of the spiritual bypassing with my clients, but I do see a lot of confusion about what the work will look like. And even what the word pleasure means. I, I can't tell you how many times women in the community have reached out to me and been like, you trigger me so much. <laughs> I know, I get that a lot. I'm glad you're reaching out because that means we're still in resonance. <laughs> and, and then through conversations, they'll be like, wow, okay, this is work that I need to do. And so that's one tip I have for people who are seeking is that the phrase, we resist what we need most. So if you're seeing something or you're seeing a presence online and some element of it registers as truth, like your intuition, you know, some element of it, you're like, oh, there's something here. And you're also just so turned off by it or triggered or like, how could they explore that? You don't have to reach out to the person, explore it internally, because there's probably something there for you to learn, grow and expand. I also, it's really important to me that we separate pleasure from sexual pleasure. Pleasure is a state of being. Sexual pleasure is a really high frequency of it. And um, I, I work within like the tantrika realm. So love talking about sexual pleasure and like how we can harness our sexual energy as healing energy for the world and to create the life of our dreams. But at the same time, like when I say pleasure, like think about just the word or the sound, I guess. Mm that comes and that resonates from our womb center, from our sacral chakra, from our hara. There's a million different terms, depending if you're looking at Japanese, Chinese, Indian, like what lens are you looking at? Womb for Western cultures, ancestral. It resonates and comes from that area. So it's literally being connected into your womb essence where you just enjoy something and it feels so good. You're like, mm, whether that's food, whether somebody pays you a compliment, whether you, I just got my hair, I went from pink to blonde today. And I like had to send my partner a picture. I was like, I'm getting ready for a podcast. I'm feeling myself with my new blonde hair. <laughs> I'm naturally blonde, but haven't been one in years, but like really taking pleasure in that, like let the little moments feel good. And when you learn to let the little moments feel good and take more pleasure in everyday things, that's where the sexual energy really opens up. You're living in a state of pleasure and you're able to access deeper realms of it in sex and outside of sex. Yeah. Why? And that's something that I say to my clients all the time where I'm like, if you're having trouble in the bedroom, get outside of the bedroom. Like it's pleasure everywhere else in your life, setting up your spaces, how you dine, how you dress your body, what you smell, like all these different kinds of things, just getting into your body. Why do you think people upper limit themselves when it comes to pleasure? Like we, we have to earn pleasure is what I see a lot with high achievers as well. It's like, I, I can't take a break. I can't take a, take a rest. I can't feel good about myself. I can't be proud of myself in certain ways all of that stuff. I can't feel things from my womb space because I don't even know how to get down there. You know, why do you think a lot of us that are very goal oriented or in this drive or in this rat race of America that we live in block ourselves from pleasure? Programming. <laughs> Season point. <laughs> I, but I will give examples. <laughs> programming. We've been programmed and wired to believe that we're not worthy of it. It's not for us. We have to earn it. We aren't deserving. And the programming has come from just how we how we function as a society. So families, like I grew up in the South. So I'll use some of those examples, like little girls should be seen and not heard. And like children are quiet. And it's like, you okay, you don't have a voice. And in order to please others, I sit there silently being pretty impolite and say, yes, ma'am. And no, ma'am. No, sir. And so it, when you're thinking along that lens, okay, I don't have a voice, then subconsciously you're saying what I want, what would make me feel good doesn't actually matter. What other people need more is more important. So we've been conditioned through many times loving parents, a deeply traumatized collective in the beliefs that we've inherited as children. Religious programming is a huge one. And I'm a deeply passionate faithful person. So I don't have to get into my religious beliefs, but like it, it is 
the core tenant of my being is my faith. Um, But with that said, like I grew up Catholic and I ended up going into Christianity and then kind of like finding my own path with it. Um, but there is a lot of broken in all religions. There is still today in this age, there are still women being stoned to death for not being a virgin. There are still people told that if you have sex outside of marriage, like you are going to hell. Um, all of these things that make us feel like, oh my gosh, anything related to that realm of pleasure is a sin. And without again, digging too deep into beliefs, I just like to remind people that if you really study and like look into the history, like the root word of sin, I believe is kata, and it means a mistake. To Mm -hmm. err is human. We all make mistakes. And instead of viewing it, if you believe in God, let's just use that example. God is this all loving, perfect father. Well, wouldn't a perfect parent allow room for mistakes? And support you and say, this is how you grow. This is how you become better. Now you know better. You're still just as loved before you made a mistake and after you made a mistake. So there's that religious programming. And then I would say, um, you know, we have an extreme, what in Ayurvedic culture is called vata imbalance in the Western world. And what is like more, we're up in our head. We're prone to anxiety. We're prone to being up here. We're prone to leading from the mental realm instead of the emotional realm. That's what we were taught. That's what made us successful in school and in work. So it's very wired in our beliefs to be like, I solve problems up here. I figure things out up here. Well, pleasure doesn't exist up here. <laughs> it doesn't. The, spe- the seed of it can exist. A thought about it can exist. But to really experience it, we have to drop into the body and move out of this like airy-fairy mental realm and into the emotional realm and the physical embodiment realm. Hmm. I see that a lot, especially uh, post-pandemic, where it's a lot of let me study about pleasure. Let me like read the book pussy the reclamation yeah. and therefore I should now be in my pussy right like that's how it works great book don't get me wrong but it's like actually feeling safe enough I've heard this a lot with people in my peer mastermind I've heard this a lot with my own mentorship where it's like I get it but I can't connect to my womb like I don't even know how to get down there and I'm like yeah. oh and so when someone's trapped like that what are some ways to help unblock them to connect to the lower half of their body that they've been so disconnected from um, one tool that I like and that I teach with my clients is like really putting your hands in the downward facing triangle, like placing your hands with the thumbs touching just beneath the navel and the fingers connecting in a triangle, like pointing towards your yoni space and go into meditation and start this process with the understanding that you probably have built many relationships with human beings before, Right. But the first time you meet somebody, you're not like, tell me all the secrets. And also, can you give me the most pleasurable experience possible? And also, um, can you, that's where a lot of people start. Like when you talked about like, do they try to skip doing the work? This is what I see with my clients is they're like, I have no connection to my womb space. Tomorrow we're going to be best friends and I'm going to live from there. And I'm like, (laughs) okay, good luck. How would that go if you found a stranger on the street? You're like, there's something about you that seems familiar. And I also think we should be best friends. Let's let's come to my house right now. And I'd love you to stay over for a week. It would, whoa, our womb space, we have to build a relationship with it. And so I encourage people to start small. When I say meditation, don't overthink it. Don't get in your head about it. Listen. So ask your womb questions and don't make them these high pressure questions about what you should be doing with your life and career and how to have the best life possible. That's a lot to ask in a first interaction with a relationship. Start asking questions that look like, what should I eat for this meal? What color do I want to wear today? Really basic questions that you won't be upset if you don't get a clear answer to, but that allow you to start understanding and speaking the language. You get quiet, you hold your hands there, you focus your energy in that region, ask questions and wait for a response and be open to however it may come to you. It's usually, it it may be a word, a deep knowing, but it could be a sound, a color, a smell. Incorporate all of your senses and really pay attention. What is this telling me? And then you can start building upon having a deeper relationship with the womb and cultivating pleasure once you're actually connected and you know that you can hear its messages. One phrase I also just love to share, I think it's so powerful, is when you're sitting there is to say the phrase, I love you, I'm listening. Mm. Mm. I'm letting that soak in. 
<laughs> it is so beautiful. And it is just these small, I remember when I first started out, it was like, what do we feel like eating? Do we feel like wearing underwear today? Like just asking mm-hmm. like little questions like that. That sounds so silly, but I loved the comparison that you gave where it's like, you wouldn't do that to someone you just met. Like, I mean, if you've ever been on a date with anyone that does that, you definitely run the other day, other way. You're like, goodbye, mm-hmm. I got to get out. And so I, I love that analogy where it's just like, it's it's a friend that you're meeting for the first time. Can you can you slowly warm up to them and do these incremental things of getting to know them better and letting it pace itself? Like, I get it. You're very excited about pleasure and all the things that can come and tapping into this part of yourself, but also being in this, everything's a slow burn in life. That is the feminine, the slow pacing burn. And this is one of those things that you get to, this is a lifetime that you're going to be connected to this part of yourself. So how slow, sensual, like, just really like getting to know this part of yourself without jumping in and burning it too hot and then being like, fuck it, it's not working, I'm out, bye. Like that whole journey. Is this something when you said in the beginning that you've you've had your own trauma, you've had these experiences, going through and reconnecting to your womb space and your pleasure, what was that like for you and what opened you to this whole world? I would say what opened me to the world is kind of having no other choice. I I recovered a traumatic memory um, in 2020 and was really struggling with my mental health. Like it came during the pandemic, during quarantine and during all the business shifts. And it was kind of a shock to me. I'd struggled off and on with anxiety and depression throughout my life, but I'd done a tremendous amount of work and had been studying yoga for decades, had an active meditation practice, was journaling. Like there was so much work that I did do, but it just wasn't having the same effects. So I knew that I was going to have to really take this more seriously and go on a deep journey of all layers, like with traditional therapy, with energy healing, with plant medicine. I I went through all of it and I just kept sensing, like I'll share a story about like the, the first time I went to ayahuasca, which again is not for everybody, but I had noticed it crossing my awareness. It kept calling me. And then somebody I knew from the past calls up and says, I want to gift you a weekend trip. I will fly you up here and you can sit for it with ayahuasca. I'm like, okay, well, it's definitely calling me. When we were all sharing our intentions, and when I say medicine is calling me, there's a difference between being curious and wanting to explore it, which is also a perfectly okay reason to say yes to something that just wasn't, I had known about ayahuasca for 12 years and hadn't felt called to explore. But when we were sitting in the pre-intention meeting and everybody shared, what are your intentions? I realized like the depth of connection that I had and the blockage when most people were like, I feel this way, I'm missing something, I want to feel better, I'm struggling with addiction. I remember sharing to this day, I've said, I have this tremendous, I have this energy blockage in my womb. It's on the lower left, a minor chakra offside my sacral and it's shame energy related to all of my sexual trauma. I can't move it no matter what I do. I've been doing dancing, physical embodiment. I've worked with energy healers. I've done therapy. I can't move it. And something tells me that like, this is going to be the experience. And so those are the types of things like my body was so clear. And in the process of ayahuasca, I watched this dark black energy being unwinded and pulled out of my body from that region so that I could fully deepen the connection. Cause I'm like, why am I not seeing the results of all the work I'm doing? I've been so committed to this path. And it was just, we all find the modalities that work for us and finding that and really clearing the blockages then allowed me to start really living the path of authentic embodiment, finding pleasure and really just experiencing it in the most simple of things. Like there's, there's moments it's like borderline inappropriate and I regret nothing, (laughs) but like, like I'll start having an energy orgasm, just preparing for yoga. Like we're all breathing. And if they have you do a root lock and like do a little bit of Kundalini work and I'm fully shaking and like trying not to be like, ah, I'm like, okay, I'm in a guided class, but like, it's so beautiful. Like it's not a sexual experience. It's just complete pleasure taking over your body and having learned to surrender to that and just say, all right, I'm supposed to be writhing in ecstasy while sitting Indian style in a group room full of people they have their eyes closed I'm not offending them I'm gonna allow myself to have this moment (laughs) Mm, thank you for letting us in on that that's actually what happened to me I was in Bali where I um I thought I was asexual for the longest time I mean my hormones were all out of whack like I had a whole traumatic experience and all that kind of stuff and I remember I was sitting in Bali and I was in a sound bath and all of a sudden my body is just having this like orgasmic experience and I'm like oh my god what's happening right now I thought this part of my body was just shut down and then I like open my eyes just as I'm like about to fucking climax and I'm like looking around I'm like oh I'm not like the weirdest one here like of course in Bali like everyone's like bouncing around doing weird ass shit too yeah. so I was like all right this is like the least of anyone's worries like this whole thing that I remember that moment where it's like it cracks you open you're like oh this part of me isn't actually dead 
Like this part of me is still there. It's just been trapped by the traumas of my past. It's just been closed off. And therefore, when you start to do, and you're so specific about, there's this one part and it, who's ever listening or anything like that, there is that pang. And I think you and I can are both kind of jiving on that right now where it's like, there was another layer, like you're doing the work and you said something really well, where it was like, I, why am I not seeing the results of all the work that I'm putting in? There's that one other piece. And I don't necessarily, you know, again, just like medicine calls you, like, I feel like womb work calls you as well, where it's like, yep. or work <laughs> calls you, it like hits. And it's like, and I remember that version, I was sitting in my, uh, my office in Thailand and I was like, I want to be more feminine and I don't know how. And I hear this a lot with high achievers. I want to be more feminine. I don't know how I'm dressing cute. I'm working on my external appearance and all these things, but I still don't feel feminine. And so when they're on that journey, how does womb work and this type of pleasure work help with tapping into your feminine? Oh, I had a couple things. One, I want to invite you to consider like that moment where you're like, maybe I'm asexual. Well, so a celibacy journey is usually an essential part of womb healing. So you probably were already intuitively being called to it and on the path before you consciously connected that and already doing that, that layer of the work. Um, because that, that's reflection. an important, important piece of it. We have to clear the cords and clear the energy of past lovers and what we've taken on. Um, to kind of start to move into your question, I would say that the most frequent question I get from new clients is like, mm, I'm feeling really intuitively called to your stuff, but um, can you tell me what womb healing is? that's where most of my clients are. They're like, I know I need this. And I'm like, congratulations. You're in the magic of the feminine trust. It doesn't have to make sense. You know, what's for you. That's the first step. So anytime you can incorporate that, it doesn't have to be womb healing that I believe it's an essential part of the feminine journey, but there's so many ways to do it. And it can look so many different ways. Like it doesn't have to be something everybody makes a significant like investment in working with a guide. And that's true of everything. Well, I don't recommend like going to certain plant medicines without having a facilitator <laughs> there. There are safety things. Yeah. <laughs> but in general, like part of it is really getting to that point. The first step is saying yes when something is triggering you, when it doesn't totally make sense, when you can't rationalize it, you can't make it work in the mental realm, but you're like something, there's something here for me. And learning to lean in and say yes to those moments and explore. And then it starts to deepen and deepen and deepen because that's what the womb work does. As we clear blockages, clear energy of past lovers, clear mother wound, clear father wound, clear sexual trauma, like these really, the energies of shame, blame, um, and judgment, like really live in that region. And whether it's, you know, for women, it's typically like blaming ourselves. We're the ones we need to forgive, <laughs> but it can come up as like feeling ashamed. I'm, I'm ashamed to be a sexual being. I'm ashamed to talk about even wanting to be sexually liberated. You get to reframe your narrative around that. It doesn't mean you have to be this open, sexually expressive. I'm in a monogamous relationship. I was celibate for quite some time and I'm in a monogamous relationship. And that's where, that's what feels comfortable and aligned to me but I'm very free sexually, like in terms of the energy itself and understanding that our sexual energy, your womb is medicine for you. First and foremost, it is your medicine. And then you get to be very strategically select who you're going to share that medicine with. I am obsessed with something, something that just lit me up that you said was the difference between, because a lot of people say this and modern dating, whatever it, when I first was going through years ago, it was like eight years ago now, leaving domestic violence and things of that nature, healing, being on my healing journey where they're like, okay, to move on, like you need to sleep with other people, you know, to get over someone, you need to get under someone else. And that's how you have sexual liberation. And to me, everything in my body was like, that's not how I'm sexually liberated. I know how that feels after. And I feel a crunch. Like, that's not what I want to do. I know I can easily go get laid. Hi, it's very simple to go, especially now with dating apps. It's very simple to go get laid if you want to. That's not what I wanted. And so let's break down what is actually being sexually liberated and and you said it where it was like it's the energy of being sexually liberated it's not just having sex with everyone and I think this is a very good yeah I want to dive into this yeah I think that liberation looks like when I say like reclaiming and rewilding and these words that like may or may not resonate it's calling back your own power it truly is like 
the true feminine empowerment, not the like patriarchal, like distorted feminine, like what we'd like, I'm just as good as a man. And, and we are, but like, that's not the power of the feminine to work through the masculine and to exist through the masculine. It will come at a cost. It will be draining. So the true power of the feminine is that we are born receivers. Our wombs, our yonis, our pussies are a portal where we pull souls from other dimensions and then birth them into this plane. And that power that lives there, that energy is creation itself. It's what created the earth, the universe, the stars, everything, this creative force. We talk about creation, creativity. That's what lives in our womb space. So as we really go in and deepen our relationship with it and heal it and learn to live from the center, our ability to create in the world magnifies, our ability to magnetize what's meant for us, our ability to receive so many women, especially overachieving women, which I like recovering, (laughs) (laughs) recovering workaholic imperfectionist, like I had to leave that life behind. Um, So I deeply like understand that journey. I put so like if my house wasn't perfect and my job wasn't thriving and I wasn't working out 24 seven and like, you know, whatever size made sense in my brain at that moment in time, all of those things, I'd be like, I'm a failure. (laughs) And instead, but when you're in that, how can you be attracting things that are meant for you when you're sitting here shaming yourself for not being enough and telling yourself you're a failure because you weren't perfect in every area when you soften and surrender and learn to deeply deeply love yourself. That's the real outcome of womb healing work. It's like a deep embodied sense of self-love. doesn't mean you like everything about yourself. This isn't all love and light. Like I promise I don't like things about myself, but I accept it's part of me and I love the whole. So I love myself, even though I have these parts that guess what are within my control to continue to work to change (laughs) so that I can love my, not that I love myself more deeply, but that I can be like happier and more whole version of myself. Um, I've kind of lost my train of thought. I feel like I started answering no, your question. Can you I, keep I, me honest here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I loved you on that where it's just like you, the depth of it all. Like to me, and I asked you about what sexually liberated is and it was this part where it's just like, all of you you it's all of you coming online it's you turned on it's the shadows it's the light out of the dark it's all of you here and a lot of what i see is like oh it has to do with sex it has to do it's like no you can actually just it's a light switch you literally just turn it on yes you have to do a lot of fucking work around it to get there but like it's this light switch where you turn on where it's like i am in my creative vortex right now i am using Mm -hmm. my space i am turned on i am liberated to be who i am that doesn't mean what you were saying it doesn't mean you're fucking perfect it doesn't mean you like every single fucking little nook and cranny and pimple that you have it's like I just accept the parts of me like I know I'm a flawed individual and therefore I have neutrality around self which then liberates the human as its whole absolutely and it doesn't something I'm really passionate it doesn't mean that you're this sexually expressive sexually fluid polyamorous and none of those things are wrong if they are authentically you nothing's wrong with those things but I feel like there's a little bit of distortion where people are like well I don't I don't want to be like that I don't want to be sexually free that's not in alignment with my values no sexual liberation is to your point becoming whole again, becoming truly authentically you and learning to harness the power of receptivity that is the feminine, be able to receive all that you're calling in, all that's meant for you. And to actually, once you receive it, be like, wow, wow, look at this. It feels so good. I'm going to take take this moment and feel into the pleasure of all that I'm creating and how nurtured and supported I am. The other side of sexual liberation is that sexual energy is a very healing energy. People that serve in the healing space know that we're doing through, it's our life force. We talked about creation. It is our life force. So it is part of how we heal and create and nurture in the world, in our own, in our own world, but also out in the world. When we lead with it, And I don't mean overtly, however you want. It's just a healed essence. When you turn that light on, that magnetic light, you're rippling out and helping reach and heal others. So this may show up like, Men just wanting to give you stuff. And, and I don't mean like overtly and like, like you're out at a shop and somebody's like, oh my gosh, you know what? I have this little ring. Like it would just, it made me so happy to see it on your hand. You can have it. Like these little things, like men naturally want to provide for the feminine. So that's a very common experience. Or people just saying, I feel so safe. I feel calm in your presence. It's a nurturing energy. Hmm. And those are 
what I talk about often where it's like you turn this on invitations are easy and you get to decipher which ones you want in your life but when you actually cultivate this space of like it's not needy anymore because you there's that different balance right you can see in a uh, not a lot but some there's like two spectrums of human being where it's like this outward appearance look trying to get attention trying to look sexual trying to be these kind of things that we see on the internet and then there's these other humans that walk into a room and all of a sudden eyes are on them and it's just like they're just them and they're just home and they're not sexualizing themselves some of them are because that's natural to them but a lot of them it's just they're so grounded and they know who they are that it's just authentic like they're just liberated in who they are that they're so comfortable in that presence which therefore one that's co-regulation when someone is so regulated within themselves you can then match their nervous system and then that domino effect happens and that's where we actually start to see the seeds start to change how specifically women show up in the world because then you're kind of co-regulating and I and I love going circling this point back to um because I can think back to before being on this journey where or people in my membership that have brought this up where it's like yeah, but someone comes in and they're super confident and then I'm triggered, you know, and it's this activation mm. where it's like, they're just highlighting something within you that wants to come forward. And I see this a lot. <laughs> yeah. I reached out to a woman on Facebook. I like her content and I was like, girl, thank you for sharing this. You're also intensely triggering me. So thank you for letting me know I have more work to do. And she was like, I my pleasure, sister. Glad to know we're still in resonance. And that's like really the gift. And so I'd say as you embrace a womb healing journey, it's important to know that it is triggering to women. It is. It, it is because we all hold a lot of wounds. And so learning to look at triggers as a teacher, truly, what do I have to learn about this, about this person, about this situation? What do I need to look at within myself, letting them be teachers and just pausing like part of learning to be so regulated in that grounded presence is choosing your response, not reacting when triggered. And I still get triggered certainly at times, but like, that's where we go to our breath. And like, I step away. I do a lot of work in corporate America and I have to truly put this into practice. So like, I'll go to conferences because there's just, I'm not used to being around that energy. I live a very, like I have a healing studio in my home and live a very sanctuary type lifestyle. And so I'm at these big conferences and there's so much anxiety and so much stress and so much dysregulation. And, you know, somebody will walk by and I'll be like, oh, the right side of his head and so much anxiety. And like later he'll come up and be like, do you have any ibuprofen? I'm like, your head? And he's like, yeah, I have this like hair. I'm like, I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> but I have to step out. I have to go breathe. I One of my favorite stories was I was in Phoenix and I had been awarded at this conference and I truly didn't intend to make the keynote speech. I was really interested in it. It was fascinating about healthcare and this doctor is like creating huge change. So he comes up to me and he's like, what'd you think about the keynote speak? And here's an example of being regulated. Instead of like trying to dance around it or tell him what he wanted to hear, my response was, mm, I'm going to be honest, Marty. I missed it because I was meditating on top of a mountain and the Uber took way longer to get back than I expected. I'm sure you killed it. You always do. <laughs> and that opened up a door to a true relationship with this person who is... Uh, consulting with the CDC, like on the board for John Hopkins, like very well-renowned person in the healthcare and focused on the healthcare revolution, we had a deeper connection just by me telling him, I skipped your speech, even though it was like the highlight of this thing and you were paid however many tens of thousands to be here to do it, <laughs> but it's authentic. And so that's part of it is like being so calm and confident, calm and confident, you know, I was watching like Caesar Milan, the dog whisperer the other day. And I was like, what a wealth of knowledge this person is for humans and dogs, because he's doing work on humans. <laughs> and he kept talking about calm and confident. And I was like, wow, that correlates. We're all saying the same things using different language. But that's what we're trying to cultivate is this feeling of calm confidence and who I am. I've got this. I'm protected. And that energy in itself helps co-regulate others and attract more opportunities to us. Exactly. And it's one of those things that everyone desires and yet we block ourselves and we do these kind of things and we kind of get in our own way or we're just, you have to pave the way on that. And that's where I think your work comes into this play where it's like, you want to be calm and confident. You want to be sexually liberated in a way that brings you back to your authenticity. There's just different ways of opening up that door and getting to it. And that has nothing to do with what we think will get us there, which is the accolades and the things and the, the love and the men and the sex and the rock and roll, you know, that whole thing. It's really coming back to yourself to actually get grounded in who you are 
what you've been through, doing that work to finally get home to yourself and become this grounded space for those around you. And it really is important work that you're doing. And I'm, I'm just so thankful that we had this conversation. And I know my community is going to absolutely love it. This I have so many other questions, but I'm like aware of the time. I'm like, okay, <laughs> we're going to wrap it up. Um, but is there any last words on your heart that you can think the audience needs to hear or something left that you need to communicate? Just a little bit. One is that we talk so much culturally online about manifestation. And it's so important to remember manifestation is a downward energy, right? We want it to create in this realm. We want it to appear in the physical, which the earth is below us. So down. Womb work is going down, going into the body. So we have to get out of here. And the sexual liberation is just like pouring gasoline on a fire. <laughs> like you can create with your emotions in so many different ways, your actions, your thoughts, your presence, visualization. But when you harness the power of like deeply, so we'll give an example. You want to manifest something and you feel into like, how will it feel when it arrives and deeply feel into it? If you're blocked from the fullest expression of pleasure and you're blocked from understanding how to move that energy down, then it can still happen, but it tends to take longer or be a little bit more fractured and fragmented than the experience would be when you're crystal clear and you can say like, it's going to feel so good. And I know what so good feels like. So this is how it feels. I'm doing it right now. I'm in it. This is how it feels. You are drawing it to you. And so I like to just remind people the way looks really different. It can be simple exercises. Yesterday I gave a client a couple very weird because they don't seem to be related, but she was having trouble. She has digestive issues and she had learned that she's like siphoning up and it was causing gas issues. I was like, you need to go down. Like we're doing this womb work. So I gave her like molasses a squat, like coming up and down, like until exhaustion and then hold the molasses. I'm like, you'll be down and you'll have to release because you're going to exhaust your muscles. Also masturbate, like orgasm is a downward energy. I said like incorporate this and don't look at it if you're disconnected from the pleasure because she is at this point a little bit disconnected from pleasure said so don't look at this like sexual pleasure or even sexual expression treat it like mental therapy and learning your body and so assign yourself however many times per week resonates as long as you're doing it once and say this is part of my physical and mental therapy for myself is learning to get into the body and learning to release energy in a downward fashion I love that. And it's so tangible to add in to anyone's daily routine. It's just like connect to the lower parts of your body and make it an intentional therapy for you to do at least once a week. So thank you so much, Nikki. This has been so, so good. I'm so excited to share it with my audience. Where can they connect with you and continue this conversation? Well, first, thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure. You can connect with me online is the best. Um, Nikki Fielding at nfielding03 on Instagram or Nikki Fielding on LinkedIn. Um, I also have a website. We're rebranding, but there is a landing page and you can join my mailing list. It will be up soon, www.nikkifielding.com. Perfect. And I'll put all of that in the show notes. And for anyone listening, make sure you subscribe. It really does get it helps us out. It gets awesome people like Nikki on our show. And we have new episodes every single Monday. So all you have to do is take those little cheeky thumbs and subscribe. But thank you so much. And we'll see you in the next episode. Hmm.